Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. This is kind of a leadership message, Pastor Marco. Um, this is a message I would speak to, in fact, I have <laughs> spoke to my campus. And so I'm, I'm believing it's gonna challenge you, but also put faith in you this morning. And uh, so it's gonna be good. But as we launch into Vision Builders Month, I wanna um, remind you that in every season of history, there are strategic opportunities that if we take advantage of those opportunities, we're gonna be very successful. So if you think back, um, if you're as old as me in like the late 90s, and you remember the, the, the internet boom and bust that happened in the late 90s, early 2000s. I remember I was in college and, uh, and Yahoo was kind of coming out. And I was at UCLA and my buddy had got an email address and I'm like, dude, you're such a nerd. Like who, who does computers? Like we're athletes. And, uh, but then next thing you know, I got my first email address, heiner32 at yahoo.com because 32 is my number and I used to be called Heiner. Um, and so that was my, my email address. But I remember there were certain people during that time, like Mark Cuban, who saw an opportunity in a specific time in history and took advantage of it. Now he's a billionaire. There were many people that didn't quite see it, tried to get on the bandwagon, and they lost millions or perhaps billions of dollars because of the bust. And then you move on to like the real estate uh, boom and bust. And in, in the early 2000s, 2005, 6, 7, there was, a, there was a real estate boom and it was followed by a real estate bust. And there was a lot of people back then that made a lot of money in the real estate boom. And there was a lot of people that made a lot of money in the real estate bust. So if you had the foresight to see that this time in history, that there, you could take advantage of it and be very, very successful, there are people that made a lot of money. I made a lot of money in the boom, but I lost a lot of money in the bust. I remember somebody telling me, you should buy a house in Temecula. I'm like, why would I buy a house in Temecula? Like, who's ever gonna go to Temecula? Like, I missed it. I missed the opportunity to take advantage of, of this time in history where somebody, not me, saw that people were gonna move there, saw that there was gonna be wineries, saw that there was gonna be movement in Temecula. Now they're making a bunch of money and I'm not. Now we have AI, artificial intelligence, and we have ChatGPT, and we have these things that are, that are gonna change industries, and there are people right now that are taking advantage of this that are gonna be very, very, very wealthy if we can take advantage. There's times in history that we can take advantage of. I read this morning about this girl who is marrying a guy that she created in AI. Like the world is nuts. The world is crazy. But just like, just like the world, it's the same in the kingdom. There are certain times and seasons in history that if we can recognize what God is doing and take advantage of those times, we can be very, very successful and we can see a great move of God. There's been revivals all over the world, the awakening, the great awakening in the 1700s, the wealth revival, the Azusa uh, street revival, Toronto, Florida. There's been all of these different revivals all around the world where people recognized God was doing something and then they joined him. One of the greatest things you and I can do is recognize what God is doing and join him. 
I believe that there are also individuals throughout history that have taken advantage of opportunities like in, in the kingdom, like Smith Wigglesworth and T.L. Osborne and Oral Roberts and Catherine Coleman and Catherine and William Booth who started the Salvation Army and <clears throat> John G. Lake. All of these great giants of the faith felt like God was calling them to move in signs, wonders, and miracles, and they stepped out, and they did things that blew people's minds, so to the point where we're still reading about them, hundreds of years later, they're in history books, because they saw what God was doing, and they joined him, and even more so, those people that know God wants to do something, and they're not quite sure, but they do it anyways. Like Smith Wigglesworth said, he said, even if God isn't moving, I'm gonna move God. It's like sometimes you just gotta lay your hands on somebody and see if heaven backs you up. Sometimes you gotta speak a word and believe God's gonna put something in your mouth that's gonna be a word for somebody. Sometimes you gotta move all the way from Australia to plant a church in San Diego on a hope that God is doing something in our nation. And so if we can recognize those times, take advantage of those times, we can see a great move of God in the kingdom. And I believe we're in one of those times. I think we're in one of those times. I think Awakened Church is its own revival. Revival is simply when a heart turns to God, spiritually. When spiritually your heart turns to God. And we are seeing a sustained revival at Awakened Church over the last 18 years, by the way, where we've seen hearts continually turning towards God, where we've seen signs, wonders, and miracles. I wanna know if you're here today, you don't gotta look over there or over there, you're in revival right here. Something's happening right here in San Diego. And what I love about Awaken Church is we don't just contain a revival in here, we cause a reformation out there, which is what revival is meant to do. It's not meant to just give you goosebumps in a church service, it's meant to cause you to change the world out there. And that's what a, a reformation is. But I, I believe that we're in that strategic time in history and I wanna be a part of what God is doing. There's a story in the Bible and, and uh, it's about Esther. And it's, it's, it's found in Esther 4 is where I'm gonna pick up the, the text. But Esther is a queen. She started as an orphan and she ended up as a queen. Come on, it doesn't matter where you start. God can still elevate you to be a queen. But the, the, the king put out a decree and he was gonna kill all the Jews, which are her people. And Mordecai, her relative, says, hey, Esther, for whatever reason, you have favor with the king. So why don't you go talk to him? Why don't you go save the people? Why don't you go give it a go? See if God is doing something in you. So in Esther 4.14, the Bible says, Mordecai speaking, for if you remain completely silent at this time, Esther, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. So, so Mordecai is saying, hey, Esther, you can go and be the hero. If you don't, it's okay. If you don't have the faith, if you don't have the boldness, if you don't have the confidence, it's okay. Deliverance is still gonna rise from somewhere. In other words, God will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it with us or without us, but he's giving us an opportunity to join him in what he's doing. If we don't do it, someone else will. He'll raise up somebody else. I want this to be the last church he has to speak to. If we don't do anything, it's gonna happen anyways. But then he says, well, you're gonna, you, you, you and your father's house will perish, so you might as well go. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom 
for such a time as this. Who knows if you have come into the kingdom, have come into Awakened Church for such a time as this. Guess what? God's not surprised about what's happening in the world. But he chose to put you in this time in history for such a time as this to go and disrupt things, change things for the better. Maybe you're here today. Did you know just two years ago, Mike Maiden, a prophet known all around the world, came to our church and he said within the next five or six years, God is gonna do something he's been waiting a hundred years to do through this church. For such a time, maybe, just maybe, you were brought here for such a time as this. Maybe God wants to use you. Maybe he knew strategically in history, I got to put Marco Contreras in 2023. I got to put Rudy and Gladys in 2023. They're going to make some change. They're going to push back a little bit. Maybe for such a time as this, uh, last year, um, my, um, uh, we went to Yosemite National Park with my family, and up until last year or a couple of years ago, we always thought vacation was just a pool, a beach, and a waitress. And, but over the last, as my kids started to get older, I have three kids, 10-year-old girl, 14 and 15-year-old boys. Over the last few years, we realized that adventure is what they like. And so a pool, a beach, and a waitress is good, but we also need to go on an adventure. And so we started thinking about national parks and adventurous vacations. And so last year, um, we always wanted to kind of go to Yosemite, but we didn't really know how to do it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't, everybody I knew that went to Yosemite would camp on the valley floor. And I don't really camp. I do believe in evolution to the fact that I evolved from camping to hotels. And so, I don't really camp, so I'm like, oh, maybe I can't go to Yosemite. But then I saw some of our friends go and they stayed in an Airbnb and a hotel. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And so I asked them uh, what they did. And so they said, book this Airbnb and book this hotel. And so we booked that Airbnb and we booked that hotel and we went down to Yosemite. But I didn't look up any photos. I didn't like uh, look at the directions. I didn't look at what it was gonna look like. I didn't really do any research. I just trusted my friends because that was awesome. And so we got in the car and we took off towards Yosemite. And as we're driving and getting closer, we come up to this massive tunnel and I didn't know that there was a tunnel because I didn't do any research. And so I didn't know that we were supposed to be in this tunnel, but the GPS said go through the tunnel. And so we started to go through the tunnel and find out that the tunnel's like a mile long before you get to Yosemite. And so we're, we start down this tunnel and it's dark and you can't see the end when you first get in there. And as you kind of start to creep into the tunnel, I start thinking like, there's a probably like, millions of pounds of pressure pressing down on this tunnel right now. And I'm not an engineer like your pastor. And so you start to think about like, who was the first guy who thought, man, let's build a tunnel. Let's throw some dynamite. Let's bore this hole. Let's do it. And so we're think I'm thinking about all the problems that could happen in this tunnel. And then all of a sudden we continue to go and I see a, like a leak there's a leak in the middle of this tunnel. And I'm thinking, oh shoot, is this thing coming down? And then you go a little bit further and you see a little rock on the side. You're like, oh my gosh, this place is caving in. What if there's a, an earthquake? What am I gonna do? 
And then you gotta make a decision. Do I turn back or do I keep going? And just as I'm, as I'm thinking, like, do I turn back? Like, this is crazy, am I in the right place? I start to see the end of the tunnel. And I start to kind of make out like rocks and like waterfalls and like trees. And at the end of the tunnel, once I got there, I realized that there's this thing called the tunnel view. And the tunnel view is arguably the most beautiful picture you can see in all of creation. And hundreds and thousands and millions of people go there every single year just to stand at the tunnel view to see the, the pictures. And so as I'm halfway through the the tunnel, I just said, forget it, I ain't turning back, I'm gonna press on the gas, and I'm just gonna beat this thing and get to the end. And so when I get to the end, I can see El Capitan, the most famous rock in the world, 3,000 feet high, the Temple Dome back there, Bridevale Falls, all of these different waterfalls, and, and this picturesque photo that you see up here that doesn't even do it justice. And I started to think, man, if I would have turned back because of a little leak, because I saw a little boulder in my way, because I had little fears, I would have never seen the beauty that God had in front of me. I would have missed out on what God was doing had I turned back because it was dark, had I turned back because I ran into some issues or had some fears. So I'm so glad I went all the way through, and I don't know if you've been here for any amount of time, but we're not the kind of church that turns around because of a leak. We're not the kind of church that turns around because we can't quite see the end of the tunnel because we know God is doing something in our city. The world is psychotic. I almost wouldn't blame you if you turned around. There are men in women's sports. Like who would have thought we'd be talking about that. We're living in a world where pride gets a month, but those who died so you can express yourself the way you want only get one Memorial Day. I was talking to my daughter about that and I'm like, man, Jesus only gets two days, you know, like Christmas and Easter and all these other organizations get a month or a week or whatever. And she's like, no, daddy, Jesus gets Wednesdays and he gets Sundays every single week. We get way more days than they get, and I'm like, thank you, I needed that, baby. Come on, inflation is through the roof. The education system is teaching our kids all kinds of craziness, encouraging like early years sexual exploration, saying it's normal and that's who they are, denying intelligent design. There are, there are, there are organizations talking about injecting our foods with vaccines because everybody's not willing to take a vaccine so they're like, we're gonna get it in you one way or the other. They're talking about one world economy and a digital currency that everybody's gonna use and the US dollar is falling and everything, all this craziness is happening. Some of you are like, man, I don't like this guy. He needs to go back to Balboa. <laughs> it's like we're in a tunnel. And some of us can see a little bit, what well, we can't see a lot, but we see a lot of leaks and a lot of pebbles and it's, it's tempting to turn back. But that's not the kind of church that we are. We're the kind of church that's gonna put on the gas and keep going. Because we know God is doing something. And I believe this, that if you're here and you call Awaken Church your church, 
then you are called and you have been divinely aligned with Awakened Church to do what Awakened Church is doing. God wouldn't bring you here to sit you on the sideline. Come on, I never tried out for a team hoping that I'd sit on the bench. When I arrived at UCLA, I came there to play. Come on, I came there to do something. I came there to win. I came there to be an All-American. I came there to win a World Series. I didn't come there to sit on the bench. It's okay to sit on the bench for a minute while you're learning the plays, but at some point, man, coach put me in. I want to play. If you've been called here, you are called to this assignment. It's a divine alignment. That's how it works in the kingdom. I remember, I remember growing up and I, would, I, I played sports all the time, so I never, I never had a job. And so when we would buy gifts for people, I had two older sisters, they would buy the gift and I would sign my name. John Heiner's 32. <laughs> and so I, when we'd give the gift away, it was like kind of cool because like my name was on there. But like I didn't participate in the gift. I didn't put any skin in the game. It was my sisters like dragging me along with them. And so it never felt all the way cool. So now that I'm older, I try to bless my sisters because they carried me for so long. <laughs> but now I like getting my skin in the game. I like being a part of the gift, being a part of what's happening. I don't wanna be the guy that just signs my name on the card. It doesn't have anything invested. But we come into the church and we think, man, as soon as I get blessed, I'm gonna bless. As soon as God blesses me, I'm gonna bless. But really, it's kind of backwards. The job of the church is not to fulfill your wildest dreams. The job of the church is to fulfill his wildest dreams. But here's the thing, when we fulfill his dreams, he'll fulfill your dreams. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. You will find when you bless first, God will bless you. When you fulfill his dreams, your dreams will be fulfilled. That's what the house of God is. God wants to bless you. He wants to fulfill your dreams if we seek him first. Vision Builders is about seeking him first, about seeking his house first. Deuteronomy 8.18 says this, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power. Say power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. So Deuteronomy is saying, if your money has a purpose bigger than your pocket to build the kingdom of God, then he is going to give you power to continue to go get it. He's not trying to take stuff from you. He's trying to get something to you, because if you're willing to build his church, take care of his bride, he's willing to bless you. He's willing to give you power to go get some more. But we gotta put his house before our, our house. So I got two points, two points. Giving is warfare. Giving, tithing is warfare. Malachi 3, eight to 11, come on. How many people have heard Malachi before? Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? You can't rob somebody of something that's theirs. So, so the tithe belongs to God. The tithe is 10%. The tithe belongs to God. And so he's saying, you've robbed me, and it means you haven't given it back. You haven't brought it back. You can't give somebody something that's theirs, but you can bring it back. So we bring our tithes back to God because it's his. 
because it's his. In tithes and offerings and offerings, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. I was reading this and I, and I thought there might be some people uh, over the course of their life in church and maybe you haven't felt like you're getting fed. I've heard this in, in church that I'm not getting fed, I'm not getting fed. And when I was reading this, I, I thought maybe it's because we haven't brought all the tithes into the storehouse. In other words, maybe we're snacking off of somebody else's plate wondering why we're not full and getting fed. Man, why did they invite that guy here? Come on. When you bring all your tithe into the storehouse, all of a sudden you get to eat the filet. Come on, the grass-fed New York. The carne asada, my favorite. When you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And try me now on this. Here's the thing. It's okay if you've never done it because it's usually the last thing people do when they come into the house is tithe. The only reason I tithe after 30 or after 28 years of going to church is because my wife said, if you don't tithe, I won't marry you. So I started tithing. 10% for her, I'm in every day of the week. Try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will, here's warfare, I will, he will, rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field. So when you bring your tithe, not only does God open heaven over your life and pour out blessing, he pours out angels, heavenly hosts, his power on your financial world. It is warfare when you tithe. The reason I'm talking about tithing is you can't give unless you tithe. You can't be a vision builder unless you're a tither. Because offerings start at 11%. So if you just give to vision builders and you're not tithing, I don't know, you gotta do the math. You might be fooling yourself. So, so, so tithe is 10%, offering starts at 11%. So when you tithe, you are literally ensuring your financial world with heavenly hosts and the power of God coming into your finances. I don't know about you, but I need insurance in this day and age with all this talk about money and currency and all this kind of stuff, I need heavenly insurance that can't be affected by worldly things. James 4, 7 says this, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, so when, you, when you submit to God, I'm not talking about just money, I'm talking about any part of your life. When you submit to God, then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you in that area of which you submit to God. So you may have all of your life submitted to God except for your finances and you're wondering why when you stand in prayer against the enemy, why he doesn't go anywhere. It's very hard to pray prayers if you're not doing principles that are in this book. Like if I'm not tithing, then I can't stand against the devil and say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get off of my finances. I bind every hindering spirit in Jesus. If you're not doing what's in here, you can't take advantage of the sword of the spirit. Yeah. 
it becomes a Nerf sword. If you're not serving your wife and honoring your wife, how do you pray to God that your wife would get in line? God's like, I can't hear you. You're not doing what I told you to do. So once we submit ourselves to God, when we resist, man, you can have confidence the devil has to leave. You can command him to go and believe God that he's gotta leave in Jesus' name. I kind of view, really quickly, I kind of view my tithe and my offering as David and Goliath. When David, when David took his stone and he threw it at Goliath, he hit Goliath in the head, Goliath falls down, that's my tithe, that's warfare. I'm protecting my house. I'm rebuking the devourer on, on my own behalf. And then when I take his sword and cut off his head, that's my offering. I wanna make sure you're dead. I'm gonna take your head and I'm gonna show it to God and I'm gonna say, he's really dead. He's really dead. Because my uncle taught me something years ago. My uncle has a ministry in Fresno. It's a deliverance ministry. It's a powerful ministry. And he taught me something. He said, if you wanna be successful as a Christian, if you wanna get results, you gotta take care of the atmosphere. You gotta take care of the atmosphere around you. So for example, if I go to a hospital to pray for somebody that's sick, the first thing I'll do when I go in there is I'll take care of the atmosphere. I'm gonna bind devils. I'm gonna command the spirit of death, sickness, despair, hopelessness, doubt, to get out of that hospital so that I could remove the opposition so that the power of God can flow. I'm taking care of the atmosphere. When you tithe, you're taking care of the atmosphere of your financial world because God is releasing heavenly hosts on your behalf to protect you in that area. Come on, God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to protect you. He's trying to bless you. He's trying to get something to you. And here's the thing, when you go from tithing to offering, you're, it's like you're going from obedience to acceleration. Because the Bible says, every seed that you sow, God multiplies the seed that you sow, so now you don't just reap what you've sown, you reap more than you've sown. Because he multiplies the seed that you've sown. Not that you promised to sow, that you've sown. That's why every year in Vision Builders, man, when we make our, our faith commitment, we put something in the ground. We put our first fruits in the ground, why? Because I want that thing to multiply. Because I need help from heaven to fulfill my commitment, to pay my bills, to take territory, to buy things, to buy a house, to provide for my family. I need help from heaven, that's why I put seed in the ground, so God can multiply the seed that I sow. Everyone take a deep breath. Tell your partner he's not that bad. Second point, you build God's house, he will build your house. Come on, we've heard this so many times, I've already touched on it a little bit in Deuteronomy 8.18, but this is a, a scripture that, uh, that humbles me and challenges me whenever I read it, and it's found in Haggai. And God is speaking through the prophet Haggai about rebuilding the temple, and he's talking to Haggai to the people, and he says, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, this people... The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. In other words, he's like, wait, what? They're saying it's not time to build the house of God? 
Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai by the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, consider your priorities. Are you prioritizing your house over the house of God? Like your house is epic, but the house of God is in ruins. So because you've done that, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. In other words, you're putting all this energy into advancing, into taking territory, into being successful, but it's like you're, all the energy's for naught. It's like it's just falling through a bag with holes. And we're wondering what is happening. And, and, and in this case, it's because they're putting their house ahead of God's house. You're working against heaven. The Bible says when we give our tithe, our first 10%, the rest becomes blessed. It becomes sacred, set apart, holy to God. That's why at the beginning of the month for me and my wife, for me and my house, get that 10 out of here. I want the rest blessed. Get out. I want, I want to hang out with the blessed 90. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the mountains, bring the wood, build the temple, that I, and I take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but it came to little. You're working against me. So Haggai, in Haggai, the, the people respond and they're, they're, they're understanding the word of the Lord. Jump down to verse 14. And it says, um, it says that the spirit gets stirred up in the remnant of people that have responded to God. They're like, yeah, yeah, I wanna, I wanna build the house of God. Cause I know if I build his house, he'll take care of my house. So there's a spirit that's being stirred in the remnant of people. I feel like today I came to stir you up a little bit in your spirit to recognize and prioritize the house of God is important. And that if we can just take care of his house, he'll take care of our, our house. Then in Haggai 2, verses six, it says, for this is what the Lord of heaven's army says, in just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. There's a transfer happening to the church and I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's army. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's army. Let me just tell you, the silver and gold wasn't put in the ground for the wicked, but for you, for the sons and daughters of God. And God has given you the power to go get it and take hold of the inheritance he has laid aside for us, for you. The future glory, here it is, of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's army, have spoken. I know this. I know that Awaken Church, eight campuses, nine campuses, we're like halfway to where God is calling us to go. And I believe we are just at the beginning. We're just at the, at the, at the genesis of what God is doing. The glory in the future is gonna be greater than the glory we've seen. There's been a lot of glory seen at Eastlake Campus. I've seen it, I've heard about it, 
but let me just declare over you the glory that you're going to see in the future is much greater than the glory that you've already seen. God is going to pour out his spirit on your life. He's going to blow your mind. The future is better than the past. I remember when I went to college, I said, this is going to be the best years of your life. And back then I was like, yeah. I'm 18, going to UCLA, Westwood, Brentwood, Hollywood. It's going to be the best years of my life. But then when I was done, I was like, shoot. That was the best years of my life. That's a bummer. I got nothing to look forward to. That was a lie. The best years of my life, I still believe, are ahead of me. Come on, the glory in your life is ahead of you. There's no limits on God. Let's stop putting ceilings on God. There's no ceilings in heaven. Come on, he can pour out his spirit on you. Greater in the future than you've ever seen in the past. Haggai 2 verse 19 says, before they even started, he's saying, from this day, I'm gonna bless you. Like, like once you've committed to me, once you've put some seed in the ground, I know the trees haven't grown yet, the fruit hasn't sprouted yet, but from this day, I'm gonna bless you. From this day, I'm gonna bless you. Come on, if you can recognize that you've been divinely aligned with Awakened Church, I believe that from this day, God can bless you. When you leave here, when you give, when you tithe, I don't want you just doing it out of obedience and repetition. I want you doing it with faith. God, you said you were gonna get me that house. You said you were gonna bless me. You said from that day. Come on, if you're given, you can stand on this thing and you can declare things and you can expect to see results. trying to stir your spirit today. <laughs> God is in this house, but man, the future is bright. And here's, here's what I was praying the other day, and I'll end with this. I was praying for pastors Mike and Katie. I was praying for Coronado. I was praying for East Lake. Funny enough, on Friday, they came and apologized to us from the city. I used to tell my kids, don't apologize, just change your behavior. <laughs> but stuff is shifting, stuff is moving. And I was, when I was praying for them and praying for you, I was praying in my car and I felt like a spirit of faith come on me. And I went from praying for you guys to speaking to the devil. And I just said, devil, in the name of Jesus, the more you resist, the longer you withhold, the greater the harvest of the church is gonna be in Eastlake and in Coronado. The church is gonna be explosive. So you might as well give up now, devil. You might as well bow your knee now, devil, because the longer you wait, the more pain we're gonna inflict on you. So I wanna encourage you, continue to endure, continue to persevere, because the glory and your future is gonna be greater than what we've ever seen. And let me just tell you, this building is the envy of San Diego. I'm just telling you, just wait, just wait. And Coronado, look out. Come on, Otay Mesa, National City, Chula Vista, it's on, it's on. But because of the seeds that you guys have sown, because of the endurance you guys have showed, because of the perseverance you guys have fought with, 
man, it's gonna be explosive down here. And I felt that not just on a whim, I felt that in prayer for you today. So I wanna encourage you. I know you've been slugging it out. Keep slugging it out. Keeps, don't turn around in the middle of the tunnel. Man, you might see a leak or a pit, don't turn around. You're about to see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Come on, why don't we give God a shout of praise? You can stand to your feet. Why don't you just close your eyes? I want to ask you a question before I, before I go. And like I said, if you need healing, I'm, I'd love to pray for you with the, with the ministry team at the end of the service. Or maybe there was something I said that triggered you in the area of giving or tithing or poverty or prosperity or come up and get prayer for that. But I want to ask you a question. Just close your eyes. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never said, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you. You, you. You've never recognized that he is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead. But today you're saying, you know what? There's something different about today. I want to be blessed by God. I want my future days to be better than my past days. If that's you today, I wanna to pray for you. Or maybe you're here and you once gave your life to Jesus, but you've kind of taken your life back because life's been crazy. But today you're saying, you know what? I wanna rededicate myself to God. I wanna get back on the Jesus train. I wanna go all in. I want a fresh start. If you're one of those two kinds of people with every eye closed, can you just lift your hand where you are? I wanna pray for you today. Is there anybody like that? God bless you, man. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you over here. Thank you to my left. Thank you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Thank you over here to my right in the back. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Amen. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? I want to pray this prayer. Everybody in the building, repeat after me. Just say these words, especially those of you that lifted your hand. Say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today, I recognize that you are the Christ, that God raised you from the dead. And today I declare that I am saved, that heaven is my home, that God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.